Welcome everybody to the Suns United Report Podcast, Episode One. Uh, the Suns Report Podcast is the official podcast of the Tangerine Army. Uh, United through loss, the men who are crossing the touchline as part of the club that nobody wants to be a part of, but a club that has the highest cost of membership. Welcome to the first episode of the Sands Report podcast. This is the official podcast of the Sands United football teams around the country. For those not familiar with Sands United, it's a network of football teams across England, Northern Ireland, Wales and Scotland that is uniting dads, brothers, uncles, cousins, nephews and granddads who've all experienced the loss of a baby before, during or shortly after birth. Football teams are a unique way to provide support to all men affected by the loss of a baby. The Sands United football team is also part of the nationwide Sands, which is the stillbirth for neonatal death charity that provides support for everyone who has suffered the loss of a baby. Tragically, in this country, 15 babies a day die before, during or shortly after birth. That's one every 90 minutes. The charity also aims to direct and fundraise for research aimed at reducing the rate of stillbirths and neonatal deaths in the UK. A little bit of history on the Sands United teams. Sands United FC was started in Northampton in 2018 by Rob Allen. Initially started as a one-off game to raise money for Sands Charity. Since then, the original team in Northampton has expanded to play in the Neen League and inspired more than 20 other bereaved dads around the country to set up Sands United teams themselves. The teams around the country are all at different stages in the journey. Some like Northampton play in the league regularly, while others are beginning the process of looking for new players and sponsorship. Each episode of the podcast will be split into four sections. First section is a kickoff where we'll speak to the manager of a different Sands team each episode, and for a series of quick-fire questions, we'll get to know a bit about them. The second section is the journey, where we invite a guest to tell us a bit about their involvement with Sands and Sands United, and where they feel comfortable about the journey that has brought them here. Third section will be the locker room, where each guest will give us a roundup of what is happening with their team and the Sands group within their area. The last section is Stand United, where we do a review of everything going on in the Sands United football community. Last part of it, at each episode, we're going to ask to get our special guest one quick last question and off the post. And the question will be the same to each guest. In your journey, have you got one piece of advice or something that was said to, to you at some point that stuck with you and it might be of use to others? One with the pod, kick off. As it's the first episode, it's only fitting we have our special guest, Mr. Sands United himself, <laughs> the founder of Sands United, and a man whose number I have taken my phone as the Rob Father. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Rob. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Glad you really good of you to join us and uh, give out your time. So here we go. Our ten quickfire questions to find out a bit more about you. So here goes. Name. Rob Allen. Team. Sands United Northampton. Position played. Some would say striker. <laughs> Squad number. Number seven. What's the name that you carry on your shirt? Uh, Neve, spelled the Irish way. Uh, what's your role in the team? Uh, after starting it and trying to run most of it, I've now taken my role as secretary and I leave everybody else to take up the uh, the heavy lifting. <laughs> Outside of Sands United, which football team do you support? Uh, Man United. No. Day job? Yeah. Uh, carpentry. Uh, what's your fantasy day job? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I do love my job. However, I think fantasy day job would be doing nothing and getting paid for it. I think it would be for a lot of us, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, proudest moment with Sands United? Uh, creating it, I suppose, would be, you know, the ultimate um, moment. And then in a footballing sense, recently this season, we've just hit our first ever um, 
final in the League Cup. So that's going to be played at the home of the Cobblers in April time. So that's going to be a massive, massive event for the lads. It's it's a kind of a testament to the to the effort and uh, work that they've all put in and the journeys that they've been on, good and bad, throughout last season and and uh, the starts of this season that have got us to where we are now. I think that's going to be a brilliant occasion. I've been sort of myself. I've been following Sands United. Uh, it's not long after you set up the the team in in 2018, and to to sort of see you go from from that to now in a cup final is just it's amazing. I think it's a a lot of other teams are going to aspire to to play in leagues, especially going to sort of that's the standard now, and they're going to be uh, all looking to get to their own pick up wins and get to their own cup finals. Yeah, I mean that's that's the ultimate hope. I mean I know from a kind of a a, a point of view of being the first ones to start up, I think the lads all kind of want to set the bar. They want they want other teams to, you know, chase and challenge and, and try and beat whatever records we set. So I think, you know, everyone's geared up to try and just make the football inside of it the best it can be. And in, in so following that, the, the, the mood around the camp then will be one of which that the lads can really get involved with and start to... Uh, used to lift spirits on on duller days. You know, you can use football as that that gateway to get away from things. So, the better we can make the football inside, hopefully, the better it's going to make the the guys that, that access the team and and whatever they can get from it is going to be amplified by the mood in the camp. So, I think that's uh, it's it's great to be where we're at, and it's you know there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears goes into it beyond the scenes that not a lot of people see, but yeah. Um, it's you know as I say, it's a massive achievement for us as a team, and it's something that we hope that every of the other teams gets to at some point has that feeling of, of achievement and uh, triumph in taking you know what effectively is uh, a group of guys from their sofa sometimes um, and and turning them into you know winners and and making them champions and giving them something really positive that they can look forward to on a weekly basis. Yeah, what is interesting you uh, made the point. Um... Sort of was online of when you're playing football, it's that sort of time to get away from whatever's going on. Mm. Obviously, as we, with the the situation that we find ourselves in for joining the teams, that it is a bad situation. And speaking to some of the guys, sort team, um, it's interesting that sort of that we sort of I think a lot of them agree is that whether it's a, an hour of training on a Monday night or whether it's a ninety minute game. Um, with sort of the, the sort of warm up before and a bit of a social after, it's that time where almost everything else goes away and it's just that um that that positive focus on sometimes on themselves on their mental health and just being with that that group of blokes but it's like there's that just little bit of time when we can sort of we cross the touchline and, and forget everything else that's going on yeah absolutely i mean it's something that i try and explain to the guys you know every different every game's different you know no no two games are the same and as much as we all lace up our boots to play for our children and in their memory, uh, some games for me have different meanings. You know, on close to anniversary games, it's obviously a lot more on my mind and emotions will be a lot higher and that will be reflected in the way that I play. But, nine, you know, nine games out of ten, what I try and do is treat the game, not just as a football game, because, you know, it is ultimately, it's a football game, but... yeah. As I've explained to other people, you know, when you've got living children, um, you can you've got the opportunity to take them to the park. You can have a kick around. You can push them on the swings. You can you can play. Um, when you've got angel babies, you don't get that opportunity. It's stolen from you. So what I like to try and treat the Sunday morning kick around as is a chance for me to play with Neve. And 
you know, very much having that on my shirt and, and being able to look down at that whenever I need to is, is massive. And it's, it gives football a whole new meaning. Um, it changes the whole outlook of the game for me. And it's, it's changed the way I play and it's changed the way I look at football. And, and this team's created something completely different. A game that I thought I knew and loved inside out as, as now of over the last two years, it's, it's evolved and it's become even more and it's more integral to my life now than it than it ever used to be. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's for me, it's massive. Yeah, it's, I find it it's surprised now it can almost sort of take over a, a part of your life. Uh, <laughs> well, my yeah. wife would definitely tell you it's taken over part of my life. Uh, yeah, yeah we've, we've had many discussions about the amount of time I spend on my phone talking yeah. to either <laughs> the gaffer's group or in my, you know, in the lad's group or in the support groups that we've got on WhatsApp and stuff, yeah, it does definitely yeah. take over your life, but I think in the nicest point, possible way, I think. Yeah, I think at some point we're going to end up having a, a, a Sam's United sort of gaffer's widow's group that they've, they've lost the call <laughs> to, the, to the teams. That, and it's, it's interesting, you said my, my wife is the same, there'll be some nights at home and when uh, we're sort of sitting there about tea and, and our son's gone to bed and that, and I sort of, yeah. then I'm on my phone saying, oh, because I'm involved with the, uh, the local uh, Bristol Sands group as well as a football team and she said oh yeah you're doing Sands stuff again are you with the emphasis <laughs> very much on the game I yeah. hope she didn't listen to this because I will be, will be in trouble <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> we're always in trouble don't we're always in trouble yeah that's that's exactly it um, but it's it, like, going back to the point you made about it, it's um, it's more more personal when you come up uh, to, to anniversaries um and, and how you play and things like one of the guys in the, the Bristol team after the, the Bristol launch game, um, I saw a post of his on I think it was Instagram the morning after he took the, the picture of the badge on his shirt with his son's name underneath it and very sort of sort of profound comment he made about that um obviously for those of us that have have lost children that will will never know um what they what they would have done, what their journey would have been and you know, would I have been taking them to play football um, yeah. and things like that. So it was a chance to go out and, like you say, you you, you play, you play it for Neve and for myself, I go out with, with Thomas and, them and you, and you we do, we do go out and play the game um, for for them and for the, for the opportunity that they sadly didn't have. So it's, it's interesting to sort of hear yeah. things like that that sort of resonate with me and will resonate with other teams around as well. But as I say, every game is different. And for, sometimes for me, very much, um, you know, I could go completely the opposite way. And literally the game is all I want to think about because I've got too much going on. Mm. Um, so it, it, it's very much, a, it's a great tool to be able to use in so many different ways. It's a bit like a, a Swiss army knife. You know, you've always got a different, every game can be played a different way. You can look at it a different way. Your attitude going in, depending on how you're feeling, you can either choose to use as a, a chance to block everything out or you can really focus hone in on the emotions and feelings that you've got depending on the game that that it's it, it symbolizes for you so yeah. um it's a great access tool for people to to just find whatever works for them you know again as i say when new guys come and i'm sure you've had the same over in bristol um you know, you get new players in and sometimes they don't want to talk about what's happened to them and that's absolutely fine you know just come play football, come to training. Just if that's what you want to do, just access what we're offering. When you know it's a, a complete pressure free environment, um, you know, you're not going to be uh sheltered from the banter. You know, if, if you get nutmegged, you're going to know about it. But after that, you know, you're very much free and open to, to do what you want to do. If you want to talk about things, you know full well that there's 
you know, training or a game, there's going to be in excess of 10 different people that you can all talk to that have walked in your shoes and finding people that have experienced what you've experienced is not easy. And, and that, that, that goes through every different subject in life, whether it's baby loss or depression or anxiety or all those different things. Finding people that have got hands-on knowledge is hard. And, and a lot of people kind of do shelter themselves from opening up a little bit. But very much. We're, we're very much, you know, we're kind of standing tall and saying, look, this is who we are. This is what's happened. But it hasn't beat us and we're still here. And if you want to come and join in with that and, and champion yourself and we'll help you through it on good days and bad, mm. then, yeah, get involved. It's, you know where we are. Yeah. And it's, it's like you said we did at the beginning, um, the introduction with the, the Sands United team being, they are kind of a unique opportunity for support. And I think we'd all, as, as managers of the team, we'd all you know, make it clear to, to all players that the team, there's no obligation to go to every training session, play every match. The team is there as much as you want it, as much as you need it. And in the, the WhatsApp groups we've got, they are a safe space for you to come and say, if, if you're having a tough day, to, to come and say that you're having a tough day because you know there's going to be a group of guys that are going to rally around you and say, yeah, we're with you. We know what you're going through. We're almost like a, a, a sort of nationwide brotherhood. Yeah, very much. I mean, I've met, I've, I've had the, the absolute privilege of meeting a few of the guys um, from a few of the different teams. And it's, the feeling has always been it's instant family. Um, yeah. You don't you don't have to talk about you know our experiences, but at the same time as as the managers and founders of all these different teams and all the guys that I've talked to, we are the ones that that kind of shout the loudest. We we talk about it the most, you know, and we share ideas. We we're always trying to find the best practice, um, yeah. you know, the best advice that we can pass on because. A lot of the time, as managers and, and, and leaders of teams and whatever the right terminology is, you know, every player that comes in will automatically look to you because you're the guy that got them involved. And, you know, they're looking at you for the answers. So it's for us, it's, it's, it's great to be able to be, a, you know, sh- be comfortable enough to share our experiences, good and bad, and what's worked and what hasn't, and, and try and pass that down to our players to benefit them in, in whatever way we can. Yeah, and it's like you say about it's that um, the sort of the relationship we have with uh, with, with other other team managers and I'm going to remember when we uh, we've we've met in person a couple of times. But I remember the last time we met was at the the Sands conference in November. Yeah, and I met a couple of managers there that are, are from other teams. I you know messaged loads on WhatsApp, but never as like physically met in person before. And I think in another situation, if if we were setting up teams in just like a sort of oh let's start up a football team for you know yeah. social if we met other managers you sort of walk up to them shake around and go on Pete how you doing when we when I was meeting the managers at the Sands conference it was there was no shaking the hands it was just sort of massive bear hugs and that yeah, and that. yeah. It's, it's very it's, it's it's a very different I think it's not I've not got anything to compare it to because I've not added any real involvement in football um, no, but it takes that social that that awkwardness away, doesn't it? It's yeah. It's like you say, it's straight in with the hugs, which is something you'd normally reserve for knowing someone a couple of months, maybe. Um, yeah. But you know, all of that kind of stuff's gone away. I think for us, um, and and you you may agree or disagree, but I think once you've been through the experience that we've been through, you know, what are barriers? Barriers are there to be broken, aren't they? And and you know, so it's yeah. just. Get straight in, get involved, dive in, hold your nose, jump in the deep end, and yeah. and kind of go for it. And I'll tell you, there's one thing I I struggle with on, on a personal level. Um, when I'm at support meetings, I'm I'm listening to as a, as a friend, I'm listening to people tell their stories, and sometimes I just want to walk across the room and give them a massive hug. 
and, and be like, yeah, I, I know, mate. I'm, you know, I'm. But I'm, that I'm, that like, may be the exact thing they need, you know. And it, again, it's it's just that bravery to go and do it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think the problem is I'd be going around just like hugging people all night. I think at a, a support. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know that. Like I say that that might be the best group they've ever been to. They might come back just for just for you know the next hug. It's just just for a hug with me, yeah. yeah. Um. So on to the next one. I know we've we've kind of touched on this already, but the the second section of the podcast you want to call is is the journey. And I want to be uh, our school guests that come on the show about their um their involvement with Sands and Sands United, and as for as much as they want to feel comfortable about telling us their their story and their journey that's brought them there. So. Any what would you like? To, anything you'd like to share? Rob, what would you like to say? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, my my journey, you know, without trying to sound very kind of blase about it, my my journey personally is, is very well documented. But for anybody that that hasn't encountered Sands United or, or heard about Sands United, Northampton, or any of the other teams before, um, me and my wife were expecting uh, a, a child back in October 2017. Uh, we already had a little boy who was five at the time called Alfie. And I've got a, an older son who's 11 uh, called Reese who comes to visit um, every other weekend. He he hasn't been for a little while. But, um, you know, we'd been through the journey of pregnancy. It wasn't, you know, something that we were scared about, worried about. Um, Neve's pregnancy was very straightforward. The only um, kind of worrisome point, I suppose, was that she was breech and she she became breach at about 22 weeks and we were planning a home birth which is what we had for Alfie so mm. there was a little bit of extra monitoring and stuff but nothing again midwife was kind of like she's in a good position it's well we didn't actually know we were having a girl at that point but the midwife kind of said the baby's in a good position um if you still wanted to do a home birth you're not high risk because of the positioning so that was very much on track um and then kind of four days before she was due or well, five days before she was due, um, Charlotte hadn't really felt a lot of movement that day, which is not, again, not uncommon. We'd already had that previously and been in and been checked over. So yeah. we lo- loaded up the car and being close to the end, I kind of thought, well, if they keep her in, it's best to take the bags, all that kind of stuff. So we loaded up, we went down the hospital and um, got into the room, all that kind of stuff. And I'd forgotten the pregnancy notes. I'd left them in the car because that's me, you know, brains <laughs> running at 100 mile an hour yeah. or or it's completely useless. It's one or the other. Um, so I said to the midwife, I said, you know, do you want me to just shoot, shoot off and grab those? And she's like, yeah, we're going to get everything set up. So you got sort of 10 minutes. So I jogged to the car. I walked back, I, you know, jogging to the car was enough to finish me off. Um but yeah, and, I, and the, the room that I left, and I distinctly remember the room I left and the room that I got back to were completely different rooms. And, and, you know, the room I left was very calm. It was a bit chill. It was, you know, the we were having a, a bit of a joke about me being, you know, forgetful um, because the midwife that we had for Neve was the same midwife as Alfie, so she knew us quite yeah. well. Um, and the room I came back to was just, I don't know, I can't really explain it. It was... It was dark, it was cold, it was solemn. And um, unbeknown to me, they'd already kind of started. Again, because it was, in everybody's mind, a very routine procedure of, you know, hook her up, heartbeat, you know, make sure it's all right for however long they have to test it for, I'm not quite sure, um, and then kind of kick you back out again. Yeah. Um, that process had already started without me there. And, and 
on on coming back in, I knew something wasn't quite right. But you know, again, it was never uh, an alarm bell in our heads of the the words that you you know we heard next. And and then you know, I remember there was a doctor there as well, which again was a bit of an alarm because we'd never had a doctor. It was always a midwife. She'd always do what she needed to do and and show us on our way again. But um, yeah, the, the the doctor kind of checked different things different places she even asked the midwife where do you normally find the heartbeats obviously being breach it, it can be in slightly different places but yeah you can also get false readings from placentas and, and all that kind of stuff so they were having a, a chat about what works for for them and then um you know that that seemed to go on forever you know i'm sure it wasn't i'm sure it was literally 30 seconds worth but um, but then, yeah, and then at that point, the the doctor kind of delivered those those um, those words of oh, "I'm sorry, but there's no heartbeat," and that's uh, at that moment, it it kind of felt like I don't know the ceiling had dropped on your head or the walls had collapsed or whatever it was. And um, the minute she'd finished that sentence, I don't again, I couldn't tell you if anybody said anything else or what it was that they said if they did, yeah, um, because it all kind of it's a little bit movie-esque to describe it like that, but it it becomes like, you know, when you hear that muffled sound of people talking, but you're not actually paying any attention whatsoever. Yeah. Um, it was that. And, and so I couldn't tell you if anyone said anything or not, because, you know, I can't kind of completely shut down on my first and foremost focus, I think. Um, and it'll be the, the same, what I'm saying here for a lot of people listening, is that my first concern was, was Charlotte. Um, and it was to you know, make sure that she was okay. And, and the way I saw it was, you know, obviously she's got the physical and the mental side of this journey to now contend with. And yeah, so I just kind of just tried to do my best to comfort. But I mean, how do you do that? I mean, it's not an experience that I'd ever wish on anybody, but no. it's, it's, it's inconsolable, isn't it? You can't, you know, what do you do? You can't say it's going to be all right. You can't say it's, yeah. Itself, or Every, everything's going to be fine because you know for well that's not you know it's all lies it's just empty words so yeah yeah i mean after that it was, i mean that was that was at what maybe half past 10 at night by that point um so um the midwife said to us um there's a so the the hospital and the Fountain general hospital is a very good hospital and we're very lucky um they've got a dedicated room called a snowdrop suite which was campaigned for and fundraised for by our local sons group and yeah. they kind of single-handedly strong arm the, the hospital into dedicating this area for people going through loss because they never had one before and people that i've spoke to from northampton from a few years ago um never had it and they had to stay on the labor ward and you can imagine how much tougher that journey is going to be already if if the room that you have to stay in is surrounded by women having successful births and you can hear babies crying and you're sat in a room um with a with a child or with a with a pregnant wife partner um that that you know for well that that you're not going to hear that noise um yeah. so we were very lucky we, we we got moved into the snowdrop suite and the the uh the midwife team kind of said look you know we're not going to do anything tonight just try and get some rest and we'll kind of go through all the different options and things in the morning and then yeah, and there she was. She was born at, um, on the Monday morning. Um, and to look at her, uh, to hold her, to see her, you wouldn't have any idea that she wasn't there. You know, she looked sleeping. Um, yeah. 
And, you know, when people say born sleeping, it very much does look like that. And it didn't kind of matter how hard I wished for it and begged for it. And I even had a chat with a big man upstairs, which I don't normally do. Um, You know, I just, I had this back of my head thing that she was just going to start crying or, or, you know, an eye was going to open or a hand was going to twitch. But yeah, it just, it just wasn't meant to be. And that wasn't meant to be our story. And, and but again, as I say, we were very lucky. We, so we got to spend, um, we were in, in that room with her from Monday till Wednesday afternoon. Um, so we got a good long amount of time with her. We got to do all the things that the quoting unquote normal parents get to do with their children. You know, we bathed yes. her, we changed her, we took her hand and feet prints. Um, you know, we did all those different things. We took pictures, we made as many memories as we could because we knew time would be limited and it wasn't, going to be like it was with Alfie there was going to be no you know one month six month 12 month old pictures on the wall so we had to streamline that process we had to squeeze a whole life into three days which is which is tough but um mm. again it's a, it's not an opportunity that everybody gets so as tough as it was I'm very much thankful for it and thankful for Northampton Hospital and and the the, the girls that run the Suns group because without them um, that room would never have been an option and what we got, we would never have got. And then, you know, so I can only imagine um, what our journey might have been had our circumstances been different. So I have to be grateful. Yeah. You have to take whatever positives you can from these kind of things. And I'm kind of grateful for what we did get, although it wasn't wasn't great. Three days is, is not a long time when you, when you no. consider. But, you know, considering the alternative of, you know, I know some people's stories, they've had maybe three, four hours and, I, you know, I couldn't even put myself in their shoes and imagine what that was like. Yeah, I mean, first of all, got to thank you for sharing your story, Rob. I know it's, it's one of those things that no matter how many times you might have told your story in many different ways, it's it's always a tough thing to do and I really appreciate you sharing um, yours and Charlotte's and, and, and new story like that. It's... One thing I've, I've, I've sort of said a lot and I've heard said a lot in, in the Sands community is that all of our stories are the, are the same but different. Um, and there was quite a few things that you, you've shared about yours and Charlotte's and me's experience that I was, so I'm sort of sat here sort of nodding my head to thinking, yeah, I, you know, yeah. it's like when you when they deliver the news that you there's no heartbeat and you sort of almost the sounds of my sort of, um, sort of surrounds you. You just kind um, of close off the thing. You, you, your body yeah. tries to protect you the best it can, and the best way it can is just to shut off the non-important things. And you know, there is no words that anyone can say after those words that you need to listen to. They're not. They're just not important. So I don't think yeah. you anybody registers what they are. Yeah, and I, I wonder. Listen to you, um, and you were saying, um, lots so of you had a word with the man upstairs, and yeah, or in the in the back of your mind, you sort of wonder what was. Um, when when he was delivered, would there be a a cry or a, or a breath or, or yeah that that miracle moment? And, and I it was that I was I again I was sat and I was sort of almost smiling at it because when I won't sort of through this episode I won't go into into our into our story, but um, I remember the day we we um what well, we had to scan on a Friday that and we found out that, that Thomas had, had died and we went back on the Monday for the need to be induced and deliver the baby and I I remember going driving up to the hospital on the, the Monday morning and thinking, wonder if they've got it wrong. Yeah, wonder, you do, yeah. Is there any yeah. chance that that when when she delivers the baby later on or tomorrow, whenever it is, that 
they'll they'll take a couple of breaths. Even just you know, it's, it, I think it's you try and hang on to that part of your own sanity thing. You know, just just a couple of breaths is is I'd like more. I'd like you know thousands and millions of breaths, but I'll, mm. I'll settle for a couple or I'll settle for an eye opener or, or something like that. But it's you kind of hope for it, but you know in you know in your heart that it's when they tell you these things, they tend to be fairly sure and. Um, yeah, so again, thank you for sh- for sharing your stories, there, Robert. So, uh, I'm all, I'm always in all people who do it because I, I know I've sat in rooms with people and told to our story before and I know how tough it can be. So, thank you very much. Right, yeah, mate. but but that I mean, for me, although it's a very tough story for for a lot of people to hear, for me, it's that's the story of her life. Um, and yeah. you know, I will tell that story to anybody and everybody that ever asked me for it because that is. You know, as I said earlier, you know, a lot of people get to take their children home and they get to make those memories. And for me, that they they are her memories. That is her life. So, you know, and that journey that we had to go through in October has lent, led us to so many different things and, and so much greatness that, mm. you know, her, her story warrants to be told because without that story, it doesn't lead to any other story. You know, if we'd have took her home, this pod would never have happened the team would yeah. never have happened you know all these men that have accessed and gained from being part of a, a Sand United team across the country or even just seeing or reading about us online or uh, Facebook radio you know TV whatever it is however they've seen us um, and and you know gain something from that would never have happened so yeah that that is the way I describe it you know that's when I assessed it and sat down and kind of thought about it and and all the normal questions you ask which is why me why us why her um you know I kind of I thought long and hard and it took a few days and that's the way I see it is that her journey and her story was meant to be that and it wasn't that she was meant to be with us and um and it was meant for her to put me on a path um to accidentally start something that has captured um you know hundreds of different men across the country and what you know what better thing can you do than than make a change in somebody's life you know you, you're not here for a great deal of time but if you can have an impact on someone else's life uh within your own life then i think that's you know when people talk about the point and the purpose of life i think that is it it's, you know we're not made to be single entities you know that's why we get into couples and you know reproduction all that kind of stuff um but you know that that is the ultimate goal is that you're not supposed to do it alone and to you know i feel her her not being with us has led me to where i am now and it's it's given me access to to do something positive in her name and in her memory to give her a legacy that she was unfortunately denied yeah, I mean, it's it's also the the people that it brings you into contact with as well. It's people you wouldn't normally in you know, the normal four things you wouldn't have met. But then it's, I don't know about yourself, but I find myself that I'm grateful that I've met the people that I've that I've met that I sort of I know call sort of very close friends and that. But... Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if I could have met everybody that I've ever yeah. met in a different way, I'd have done it. But yeah, know, it's it's through our journeys that have brought us together, and it's given us the connection that's as strong as it is, and it and it means that. It doesn't matter whether you're, you know, like yourself up in Bristol or whether the boys down in Southampton or Brighton, you know, we will go to the ends of the earth to, to help each other out. And, yeah. you know, that, that's a bond that is forged through the hardest of times, which we've all experienced. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. Right. So next section of the uh, the, the cast is uh, a section we call the locker room. So in this section, uh, we're going to try within the bounds of decency to get to know a bit more about the, the teams a bit better. So it's similar to our, our kickoff section, a series of questions to find out about the team. So uh, Sands Northampton, Sands United Northampton, sorry. Yeah. So what league do you currently play in? Uh, we play in the Nen Sunday League. Nens, I got the pronunciation wrong at the beginning. Yeah, a lot of people do. It's, the, it's based on the river. Ah, right, I see. I should have, should have researched that first. That's bad <laughs> search for the... Potato, uh, potato, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> what position in the league did the team sit currently? Uh, I think currently we're second because we haven't had a couple of league games for a, for a few weeks, but we were top just before Christmas. Yeah. Are you, is it, have, you, have you missed some games because of the weather? Yeah, well, yeah, we had a couple of cup games. So we had a semi-final last week. We've got one this week, uh, two semis in two weeks. So we haven't been in the league. And then the game before the semis was called off due to bad weather. So we haven't had a league game for about three weeks now. So everybody's got a bit of a, a leg up on us. And the, the points gap, I think we were down to leading by two. So I think they've overtaken us with their league games that they've had recently. But we'll bounce back. We'll um, yeah. we'll pick it back up again and we'll get back to where we should be. Excellent. I know that you will. I mean, it was just a strong finish of the season last year in your first season in the name league, wasn't it? It was um, sort of didn't start, you know, start coming second a couple of times in games, but as the season went on. Yeah, I mean, I think, so, I mean, our season runs from, what, September to about April, May time and up until... Uh, about December, we hadn't really kind of made a mark on the league. We, you know, again, we, we, the 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 pros and cons for these teams are they're great and they bring lots of people together. But you you can't, you know, normal normal Sunday league teams. You can go out, you can cherry pick your mates and your best players and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas with us and because we're trying to do what we're trying to do, which is which is access these men um, that have been through you know, loss and whatnot, you, you're not guaranteed who you're going to get. And some of these guys have never played football. Some of the guys haven't put boots on for years and years. So it was always going to be a tough first season. Um, and I think we, I think with with all the teams, they sort of, you've got guys in there that might be um, sort of approaching 40, the wrong side of 40. <laughs> <you haven't. laughs> and I, I speak for myself and many of this one, who haven't put a pair of football boots in anger since like they were 16 years old. So. Yeah, well, I mean, our keeper yeah. last season, he hadn't put a pair of gloves on since he was 15 and he was 33, I think, when he started, you know, 17, <laughs> 17 years he hadn't put a pair of gloves on. So that was, he was never going to be, you know, straight in goal of David De Gea, but, you know, yeah. it's, it's a learning curve for everybody. Yeah, I had the sort of the weird thought running sort of through my head the other day. I was thinking, you know, the, the, I, I'm 43 or 44 in a few weeks' time. I thought this is the sort of time when sort of blokes start sort of thinking, I'm getting a bit old for sort of running around <laughs> the cold and damp on a, on a Sunday morning and I'm just getting started. So I kind of done it the wrong way. So, so anyway, back to uh, Sands Night in Northampton. Who are your sponsors? Uh, currently, they are Euro Scaffolding, um, who sponsor our home kit, and a pub, local pub called Three Horseshoes that sponsor our away kit. Lovely. And I've got, I've got uh, one of the, I did get a shirt printed that's got the Euro, Euro Scaffolding on, so that was yeah. one question on you in advance. Uh, probably be the only one I know in advance. <laughs> um, oh no, I know where you play. I've been, yeah. So when and where do you train and play? So we've nicknamed it the San Siro, um, but it's actually based in Brixworth, which is a local village to us. Uh, we train on a Thursday night between seven and eight, and then we play there on a Sunday morning, half ten kickoffs. Excellent. And any F1 fans listening, the name, the, the name of the sort of village, Brixworth, or 
resonate with them. And yeah, their... it's the, the Mercedes plant for AMG. So yeah, they make all their all their engines in there. So yeah, I tried to drive past it after I like I saw you uh, last year, and I just I was so cold and wet after watching you. I just didn't bother. I just got <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to get you'll have to get Mike from Kent to take you on the tour. I'm sure he gets access. Being uh... he's got to any Mike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Highlight so far for the team? Um, again, personally, I think from a footballing sense is, is reaching a final. Um, I think as a whole, it was, it's was it got to be the creation. It's the the birth and, and where it came from and how it came about. Um, it's got to be, you know, kind of the ultimate highlight, I suppose, because it's, it's led in places that, it, you know, a lot of us never dreamt it would, but it's done it naturally and it's grown and it's, you know, nobody's trying to hold it back or shackle it. It's a case of let it go and see see what happens. Yeah. And if I if I can just mention one highlight I have, I think for the t- for the, the Sands United Northampton team that has been mentioned so far, um, and it's one that when I saw it, I was, as somebody who was sort of following you in, in your sort of early months, I was so pleased with it. It was the, the team of the year for the Daily Mirror Pride of Britain Awards. Yeah, well, that, well, yeah, I, mean, that I suppose. Pretty, I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a massive achievement. Again, I think. Yeah. Oh, unfortunately for us, we never actually found out who nominated us for that. Um, it was down to uh, GDPR; they couldn't tell us. Um, uh, but yeah, somebody nominated us for the for the Pro Sport Award for the Team of the Year, and we were, you know, lucky enough to be invited down to London. Um, we got a table of ten. We got to meet some amazing, inspirational people on the night that were also taking part in the awards, and then. Coupled that and topped off that with the the mix of celebrities and high profile people that were there, it was a a fantastic night and it was one that I used to try and give back. Um, so we took, although we had a table of ten, I could have filled it, you know, two three times over with the lads on the team. But yeah. um, I picked the guys that had been there from the first charity game, the first ever game, the game that you know, born Sands United, if you like. Um, so we took six of the guys, including myself. Uh, my wife came because, again, without her and our journey, that, that we wouldn't have been sat there. Um, we took the two ladies that run the local Sands group and our bereavement midwife from the hospital. So for me, it was a chance to give something back to them. Um, I mean, the ladies that run the group, as you well know, being involved with the group yourself, the, you know, a lot of them go above and beyond. It's, you know, it's a volunteer role. They don't get paid for it. They do it just out of love and the amount that they pour in. I mean, the ladies that run ours are in their seventies. Oh. Um, I think the, the people that run those groups from our from down in, in, in Bristol, our our chairwoman uh, Charlotte is. And I I know that if we're doing the for, for running the football teams, we you know we put a fair amount of time on ourselves. But I think from from what the people that run the the, the sand sport groups they put in at the time they put in is is yeah, it's. Absolutely, me- yeah. it's and like you say, it's it's purely volunteer basis, and it's yeah. I mean, I call them my fairy godmothers because you know that's that's <laughs> exactly what they seem to be. You know, you kind of I don't know, you have no idea what you're walking into, and they just kind of seem to make you at home and they make you welcome, and they have this kind of aura. You know, again, it's probably the same for you guys, but they just have this open, welcoming feel mm. to them that you you can't buy. Some people, you know. You, some people are just born with it, and that was what they were kind of designed for, if you like. Um, yeah. yeah, they they seem to have it in abundance, and they it's very infectious. But the way I kind of described it to a lot of people is that you know 
they do it and they don't ask. It's not like, you know, you don't go to a group and they're sitting there going, right, who's giving, who's raising us money? Who's going to give us money? Um, you know, they just do it. They just do the group because that's what people mm. need. And they never ask you for anything. They never ask you to run an event or they don't ask you to fundraise. They don't ask you to enter a 10K because they need money. They just do what they do. And, and then on the back of that, I felt that I'd taken quite a lot and not given anything back yet, which was one of the reasons why the first charity game was so important it was that chance for me to be able to give something back to people that had given without asking for anything um but yeah just amazing people amazing people are, definitely yeah so uh that's about the team again uh are there any players nicknames that you are allowed to sort of say <laughs> on an age rated podcast <laughs> and how they got them uh yeah i'll write back archie uh archie best he's like the cheeky chap of the group he's that that overconfident yeah. young lad he's 21 <laughs> he's you know if you ask him he's the best player he's the best looking he's the <laughs> he's the one that he's the reason that our uh everybody else's partners and wives come to watch um <laughs> but he's you know he's he's fairly short fairly stocky so we nicknamed him the baby rhino because that's what he looks like when he runs um, but he he just kind of charges down the pitch and uh, we played a game actually um, a couple of weeks ago and he was marauding down the right wing he had no right to be there because he should have been at right back um, <laughs> but he he was charging and he, as I say baby Rhino once the Rhino gets started it's very hard to stop him and this left back yeah. came up against him and when I say he ran through him he ran through him this guy bounced off him the guy was at least a foot and a half taller I think he hit his face on Archie's shoulder um, <laughs> uh, and just running like he wasn't even there. Um, and this guy kind of got up dusting himself down and realised, <laughs> you know, I said to him, are you all right, mate? And he was like, yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, <laughs> but he, he, Archie had split his lip, didn't even notice. He still went on to cross the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like, it, I don't know, it was like a mosquito hitting a windscreen. It was, yeah. you know... In, in, <laughs> <laughs> to watch it, I kind of felt bad for the guy, but at the same time, you know, just to to watch him plow on, um, yeah, it's very deserving of the nickname, the baby Rhino. Yeah, and it is from uh, another East Midlands team, the the Leicester rugby team. There's a a Bristolian playing for Leicester rugby who's got the nickname Baby Rhino as well. Ellis. Oh right, okay, I didn't realise that. Yeah, he, um, because basically he just does the same thing, just runs, yeah, prop and, and runs through. So, but I, I. I know I met Archie when I came up for the, the game last March, so it's 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 when you say that I not that I can sort of relate. I know. Uh, so how accurate was the description? It was on point, mate. It was. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, when you said baby right now, I was like, yeah. Was now I, I, yeah, sort of big smile on my face. I'm thinking, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, sorry, Archie, but he's right. Um, <laughs> if Archie if you ever listens to this. Um, <laughs> or if you, if you do, I'll listen, make him. If you do listen to it, you're still listening at this point, anyway. Um, <laughs> any other nicknames with any interesting stories behind them that could be? Um, I'm trying to think. Have now. you got? Have you got a nickname in the team? Uh, not that anybody's ever told me to my face. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Rob. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd try and steer away from it. I mean, I used to get called Bobby when I was younger, but that's uh, more of a personal nickname than a team team founded nickname. But um, I'm trying to think now if we've got anyone else. There's, uh, I mean, Pete, our chairman. He's um, a, a more experienced gentleman. Uh, <laughs> if you, yeah, Pete Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so everybody just calls him Dad because you know that's kind of his role. He, he's 
again, when I talk about volunteers doing things that go above and beyond, Pete is definitely in that category. Um, he's his phone is literally always on, and on more than one occasion, the guys have had tough times, as as would always happen. But he's kind of the go-to guy for a lot of them. Um, so a lot of, a lot of people just call him Dad because that's. You know, for for a lot of us, that's kind of what what he represents is that just that open access, no yeah. judgment. Um, what every father to every child wants to be is that that point that you can just come, open door policy, lay it on the table. Let's let's kind of talk it out. And you know, he's been he's been really good. He's gone above and beyond for a lot of the guys. You know, to the point where he'll go out of his way in the week once he you know finish work and he'll go home and he'll jump in the car and he'll drive and pick someone up and take them to the pub and he'll sit there for two, three hours and just hash out whatever it is that they've got going on in their mind. And then, you know, and then, but then his phone's never turned off. So that if they need to get him after that, you know, very much a guy that I've used to lean on and vice versa. Um, me and him have a, a very strong relationship where we can access each other's ears um, and brains whenever needed. So it's a great Great yeah. avenue for me personally to be able to have that on the end of the phone whenever I need it, and hopefully he feels the same um, about me and and the other guys as well. Obviously, yeah. And I, I get I I met Pete when I, I the game I came up to last March and um, chatted to him on the on the, the sort of forty. I think he was a substitute in the game before he came on and chatted. Yeah, and yeah, it's one of those like I say, like you you sort of described Archie, you described Pete. Yeah, very easy to speak to. Um, yeah, great. Just from say the the little time I spent talking to him, yeah, a great lad. Who, if you ever get Pete on the pod, ask him about the penalty uh, that he got subbed on to take. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that for him to talk through. We'll have to, we'll have to um, try and yeah. get like a special guest slot and just like get it in there somehow. So, like, yeah. To, to tell us. Well, if you can, if you can't get him, phone me in on an episode and I'll uh, I'll let you know what it was. All right. Okay. Cool. I will do. Um. Player recruitment, I guess it is um, with uh, the Northampton team. You've you, you kind of you got your squad, and you you always still look for new players. The kind of the question in this section was like, I suppose for teams that are early on in the journey, you know, you, you know how you recruiting players. But um, I suppose like with all the teams, you, you're never not recruiting for players. No, I mean it's very much a rule we had from literally day one was that we never turn a player away. You know, if you. It, it, we 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 try and explain in the nicest possible manner what we're about. I think a lot of people locally for us now know what we're about. Um, but we it doesn't matter how set. Uh, this is kind of the danger uh, I think that we've got at the minute, and it's because we're a bit more established and we're you know league playing team, and and obviously there's rules and regs around that. But our team's never closed. It's ne- you know the doors never shut. It doesn't matter if we've got five players or 50 players, I will sign on as many guys that need this team as, as need this team. You know, um, we never stop recruiting. We don't, we don't necessarily advertise at the minute. I think um, I would like to hope that locally we've, we've done a pretty good job of making ourselves known. Um, However, if, you know, if players do want to join the Northampton team, then they're more than welcome to come along. Um, As I say, the doors never shut. And uh, if we can, get them involved in, in whatever capacity, even if it's not a playing capacity, we've got there are other roles within the squad that are quite integral that that need doing still. So yeah, we, we try and encourage anybody to come along, um, whether it's just 
for training or they want to fully get involved and join in on the league side of it. Um, but yeah, we never we never say no to anybody. It's, yeah. You know, the the team is there um, as a, as a point of reference. It's, yeah, it's for people to come and come and take what they need and leave what they don't. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably an important point to make, and I, I did mention it at the beginning. That although the the, the teams and the squads are made up mainly of dads, it's we're not just there for the dads. We're there for the brothers, the uncles, the nephews, cousins. Absolutely, we've, yeah. Um, I mean, we've got a granddad in a, in um in our squad. Really? Yeah. Wow. We so we've got we've got a father and son combo. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it is that it's again when the team first started and and the team that I built for the charity game was fifteen dads and two guys that were very close friends of the guys playing. Yeah. Um. You know, so the the eight or nine that that volunteered to start the Suns United journey when I when I came up with the silly idea. Um, we're all dads and uh, as purists we all kind of sat down and was like this is how we should keep the team but the more you learn and and again you know you've got to consider my own knowledge was very limited I'd only lost knees in the October and this team uh, the charity game was in May so not masses of time in between and um, you know as a purist I kind of sat there and was like no we should definitely keep it dads and, mm-hmm. and you know kind of we all agreed on that but the more you learn and the more people you talk to and the more your perception changes. And um, if you look on the Suns website, Suns themselves say on there that they are open to anybody um, that has, has been affected by child loss. And that, that terminology doesn't just justify mums and dads. That is, as you've said, brothers, uncles, cousins, you know. Yeah. Um, but again, we've had guys, I think John in, uh, who runs our Doncaster team, John Jury. He mentioned that uh, a couple of hospital workers got in contact with his team because they work on uh, neonatal death uh, units, and they yeah. they obviously look after very ill children or very ill babies. That some some of them make it, and some of them don't. But even though it's your job, you don't get to five o'clock and just put that down and go home. And it never, you know, that that kind of thing stays with you. And again, if you haven't got an outlet to talk about it, it can it can take you into some really horrible places. So, yeah, again, it's in in the terms of sons themselves, they've been affected by child loss, not as a parent, not as an uncle or a brother or a cousin, but they've been affected. So, therefore, the team is still open to these people. Um, one of the rules we... Well, I say rules. So, sons of the charity, they're obviously set up for, um, you know, everything from miscarriage and then up to 28 days of... of uh, age so mm. if a child's born um and doesn't make it to 28 days then that's sans official kind of guideline yeah whereas you know i again i've always said for me it doesn't matter you know yeah. whether your child was two weeks or 20 years old you know it's still your child um, yeah so and that point of view as well, you know, we, we open the doors to, to anybody who's lost a child of any age, whether they were, you know, as I say, two or 20. Um, we had a player last season, actually, whose, whose lad was two. And because of his age, they didn't get the access and support that I got because, yeah. you know, we lost before she was born. But. You know, I just kind of think that if people are holding back on that basis, then then just don't. Just reach out, you know, drop us a message. Yeah. Um, I'm sure all the other guys on all the other teams would be 
more than happy to get people involved um, that can, again, uh, share and gain from being around the guys in the team. So Definitely. I think it's, it's I think like we said before, is you at, at training at games, you don't necessarily have a session where you sit and chat about and people go through their stories. It's a lot of it. Mm. It be a nod to another guy and you go, yes, mate, I got you. I, I, I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I always describe the, the team as a football team that offers support and not a support network, uh, not a support group that offers football. Um, and and it, and it does give guys the freedom to just focus on football if that's what they want to do. And yeah. then they can build relationships with the guys on the team, you know, through training, through coming to matches, all that kind of stuff. You get to know the feel of people, obviously, you know, the way that people work, you will naturally gravitate towards certain players. On a, on a team and then if and when those tough days come and they will um, you know there's no kind of trying to kid yourself that they won't that you you know that that guy might just be sat at home and, and he might just think Do you know what this week you know end of the week's my anniversary or it's Father's Day or any of the other tough days that we've got um, Christmas for instance you know all these kind of tough times that a parent of lost goes through they might just be sat at home thinking Do you know what I've been going for a few weeks you know, that Dave, he, he seems like a genuine guy, a guy I really get on with. Let, I'm just going to drop him a message, you know, and, and that can be how it's born and that can be yeah. how that story is shared. But there's, the, you know, there's absolutely no pressure to do so. The, hopefully, um, and I'm sure it's the same with your guys and what your thoughts are for your team, is that you try and create the right environment that if and when a player is ready, they can share. Uh, no judgment, no, you know, um, and it, and it's welcomed and it's and it's yeah. It, we all you know none of us are qualified. We're all peer to peer, man to man, trying to figure it figure out this yeah. uh, journey that we've all been placed on. And, um, and with everybody at the you know the, the various the, the different stages of their journey, like with um, yourself, which like with Neil, your journey is just over sort of coming up on two years, yeah, yeah, a couple of years, and mine with with obviously is just over 16 years yeah and you've got everything in between and, and before and it's just sometimes it's better to, to show some somebody you say look i know you know because you they may be a couple of weeks away from since their loss or into their journey mm-hmm. it's just it's almost to reach out and show to say to them that you you can you can get to where we are yeah there absolutely is, yeah. there's a path to, to sort of to be able to cope with it is that the right word but to yeah I mean get... to find a new new normal isn't it it's just finding yeah. and it's the realisation that you're not on your own for a start you know I remember very much exactly that my first dad's group for example I didn't really want to go I never saw myself as a guy that needed groups or any of that kind of stuff uh, I'd never had experiences in my life that led me to needing those kind of things um, so I was you know not not greatly looking forward to it. Um, I openly admit that. But from going to that group and continuing to go to that group, the lessons that I've learned and the people that I've had the you know um, ability to speak to has just been phenomenal. You know, even tricky things like your first Mother's Day. You know, yeah. as a as a guy, you're kind of going, oh God, what do I do? <laughs> do I do I get a card? This minefield is coming up. Yeah. You know, do I get flowers? Do I not get flowers? And it's, you know, that... If I get a card, in... do I write in it? Yeah, and it's like, it's internal turmoil. It's, oh. it's you know, it's like a yeah. it's like a tornado just kind of ripping around and you've got so many different options. And 
And again, it came up at the, uh, a dad's group that I was at and uh, a guy, again, Roy, who I spoke about earlier, who played in the first charity match, he was there. And um, he was like, you know, he shared a story on what he does for Mother's Day and he goes to buy a card and he, he writes the card from Millie, his daughter, and he leaves it at Millie's resting place because he knows that his wife in the morning will go to see her um mm-hmm. as a as a you know a ritual um and a routine so he knows full well that she'll find this card and it'll be written from Millie and he always tries to disguise uh, an M in the design of the card somewhere so he he kind of you know he he shed light on this yeah awesome way of of doing it and you know I kind of sat there and I was like you know that's such a great idea and it's an idea I'd never would have come up with potentially on my own I certainly wouldn't have come up with it for the first one um but it just gave me the ability to put my mind a bit at rest and be able to come out of that meeting a little bit kind of clearer and more confident of actually yeah I could take you know parts of what he does and I can adapt them and I can come up with my own kind of thing that can be our tradition and that's that's what I think as parents of loss you try and do you've got to try and create uh, new traditions and new ways of remembrance and yeah. I was speaking to someone a little while ago and, and I said to him you know the problem is that the hardest part is you don't know what you do or don't want until you don't get it um, yeah. and that can be a, a very tough lesson yeah. to learn when it comes to tough anniversaries yeah. and dates and whatnot is that your expectation level is that your friends and family are going to do this 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 and this when realistically none of them you know they've all got different thoughts and feelings they're all trying to muddle their way through helping you as best they can yeah um and sometimes they get it wrong but you know unless you stand there and say this is what i want then they're going to do that unfortunately but then you can't stand there and say this is what i want until somebody gets it wrong so it's it's all learning it's all education it's all you know we're trying to figure out our own feelings your friends or family are trying to figure out the best way to help you find those thoughts and feelings at the same time as trying to cope with their own so yeah yeah it's very tough but i think yeah having guys of different experience levels is a massive help yeah and it was because i i left it 14 years where i, I went to a support group and i sort of from listening to people i understand that the, the way support groups in bristol have, have changed over that time anyway but um before you know like you said about the um about Dave with the car for his wife for Mother's Day, it was interesting. I about the fourth or fifth uh, support meeting I went to, and there was a the friend of running the meeting. Um, she's got two other children as well. I think if I get it right, her loss came in between the two children. Oh, okay, and um, they sort of celebrate their their son's birthday um, every year. And I, and I sort of thinking, I've never done that before. Because our, our loss came right at the beginning of the year. Uh, Thomas was born on the, the 5th of January. And I kind of, as a, as a person who absolutely loves Christmas and like, you know, yeah. works and looks towards it all year, I'd, even after having, after having Thomas' first Christmas, I, can't, I still enjoyed Christmas, but I get to New Year and I always thought I, the New Year did my head and I hated it because it was going mm. to work after Christmas. I started to realise it was, that was it in it as well. Um, yeah, and then subconsciously, yeah, and then she yeah. thinks so. You no, know, we do. You know, we we get a cake for for their son, and they go out. And it was in January two thousand and nineteen. Now, um, on Thomas's fifteenth birthday, I said, right, this is we're going to do this. We're going to go out, and you know, what what do we think we would like to 
to, to eat. It was like, oh, we reckon you like Mexican. So we went to a Mexican. Yeah. And it's it's just those little things that you you pick up from other people at, at support <laughs> and around the teams. And I think that they sort of you say they can they can sort of put you at ease with what you're trying to be yourself, or sometimes inspire you to as, as to what you do. Yeah, I mean, I read a beautiful story. Um, I think. Oh, again, the, uh, don't hold me to the details. I remember the, the key points, um, but I'm sure it was a lady up near Manchester, Stockport Way, um, that on her child's birthday, she goes to the local cake shop and she pays for somebody's birthday cake as a random act of kindness. Um, I've seen norm- Yeah. Yes. It- yeah. She did it. It was a child's, it was a child's cake um, that she paid for, but she just went in. She said to the lady, you know, have you got any cakes that have been ordered um, for birth, you know, a, a children's birthday, for example? And the lady kind of said, yeah, we've got this, this and this. And she went, oh, can I pay for it? And then the, the lady went in, whose, whose child it was, the cake was for, um, and then went to pay for it. And, and the lady was like, it's already been paid for. Um, and she left her a note to say why she'd paid for it. Um, but yeah, it's just little things like that, it's, it's, you yeah. know again we we're, we're not going to get the opportunity um to buy a cake that's going to be enjoyed by the child we're buying it for but to be able to do something like that for another child um you know it's again it's her little ritual that's her way that's her thing um but such a such an honest and great way to do it um yeah. it just it kind of it, it, i remember it because of why she did it um because you know she would normally be buying a cake for her child, who unfortunately was wasn't with her, so she does she pays for somebody else's, and and yeah, as a symbol for her. Yeah. If you know if it works and it's something that she likes to do, then that's a great way of doing it. And I think everybody will over time find their little things that work and don't work. But yeah, now that isn't you said that I I have read that um, that story before so is is one I think Joel put it in the group because he's stopped for it. Yeah, his neck of woods, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So um right so, so the last question in the section about the team, uh what's coming up for Sands United in Northampton? So I guess it's the the main thing in it's all the near future is the, the cup final. Do you know who you're playing yet? We do, yeah. We've got a, a local new team called Stillmen, um that was started up by a couple of players that played for us last season. Um so they left us uh, at the end of the season and then they've started up a team that's focused around uh, mental health and other charities connected with mental health. So I think each one of their players uh, champions a different charity and they do, uh, they'll do they do different fundraising events for those different charities throughout the season. So very wow. similar in our, in our reasonings for starting. We're, we're all, you know, both teams are trying to help uh, the wider community, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Right, so the so I did it in my, I was in the last section of the podcast before we put in the penultimate as um we still got off the postcard. Stand United is uh this section. So like I said, we've got um I think it's close on twenty teams now around the country at different stages of, of, of their journeys. So just trying to promote in this section what's happening uh with the teams around the country and an easy shout out to as this is our, our first one of the uh Informal. We're trying to think of results from the last weekend. Obviously, yourselves, um, you won your semi-final, you threw to the final. Yeah, we won 3-1. Uh, 
Uh, managed to squeeze myself a goal as well, which is nice. Lovely. Um, <laughs> always good to make, especially writing the, the report after. It's always good if you're on the score sheet, you can have a bigger goal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I know that. Um, I know Sunday was a tough day for Joel. Uh, I know we've referenced Joel a couple of times. He runs the Stockport team. Yeah. Um, Sunday was a tough day for him. It was his lad's birthday. Uh, it was Rory's birthday on Sunday. Um, he I believe he held a minute silence at his game. Um, I had messaged him earlier in the week and asked if it was okay if we did the same. So we we held a minute silence, and I know a few of the other teams did as well. And it's again, as I was saying to you earlier, it's you know it's that connection that we've mm. all got as as team managers. We get to talk a lot more than a lot of the guys do interact. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a nice way to honour and share um, each other's you know good days and bad. I suppose. Yeah. It definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know it's one of those things when you in the manager in the, in the Gaffer's group on WhatsApp that when um, one of us has got an anniversary, that your um, your phone pings a lot during the day anyway with the messages in the in the group um, anyway. But you'll get also the guys. You get a lot of personal messages from from the other guys in the group to to say this that you're in their thoughts and that, and it does. Um, it means an awful lot. I know I've sort of experienced it. it, it definitely helps with the day so um a large part of what we're for really for, for supporting so uh... yeah i mean i think it's maybe a new uh, maybe a new thing that we could adapt and should adapt for each other is is you know to share share those anniversaries cross team and and you know i know very much um i did it for joel on the basis that I know him very well and I think all the managers know each other very well I wouldn't necessarily offer to do it for a, for somebody on a team I don't know because I don't think it would have the right effect and I wouldn't you know again I don't I'm not sure how comfortable I'd be with somebody holding a, a minute silence or applause or or whatever for Neve having not met me and not met her yeah. um but as you know being in the managers group and and obviously getting to know all you guys I think on our days maybe it should be a cross team thing whereby you know we all do it for each other so every time one of the managers has got something going on each team as a, a, a you know a nod of the hat if you like to yeah. each other um that we share in that and and we all do it but i want to do it for Joel as i say i was saying to you earlier you know there's people that you meet that you gravitate more towards and you know we all the managers get on without a doubt but oh yeah there's there's you know, me and you have met a lot more than the other guys and, and, and me and Mike at Kent and Andy and Bristol have all met, um, you know, actual, not only on WhatsApp, but physically. And, and me and Joel have, have, have met quite a few times now. Um, he invited me to a training day at Man United. I invited him to a training day at Everton. He's been down and, and uh, donned the field for Sands United. Yeah. Um, scored as well. So he's, <laughs> he's quite happy about that. He's quite, asking about quite keen to mention in the WhatsApp group, wasn't he, that he'd scored? Oh, no, I don't think he did mention it. Did yeah. he mention it? I don't remember oh, him no. mentioning it. Maybe, what, 600 yeah. times? Um, <laughs> that was just know, that so, day. So, <laughs> so our, our connection is, is quite strong. So it's something that, you know, once I once he, he was kind of uh, opened up about Rory's birthday being on the Sunday, I thought it's only right, knowing him as well as I do, I don't think he would have been offended by me offering. And, and I felt comfortable asking, um, if it was all right, if we did the same thing, and yeah, I was, I was, you know, for me, myself personally, but I think all the guys on the team were were honoured to share that mm-hmm. with him um, in two different places, 
in two different points in the country at half past ten in the morning on a Sunday, there was silence in in honour and respect for for his little boy. So yeah, yeah. Uh, if you could fly a drone over both things, you know, and connect the two, it'd be, be you know, it's, it'd be a beautiful sight. But yeah, yeah it's just it's more respect, I think, for each other. The, the levels of respect and, and admiration we've got for each other is quite high. So. Um, we always try and do these little things for each other. Yeah, I've got guys like Stephen, who's the the gaffer um, or the, the co-gaffer with the Cardiff team. Um, yeah, doing a, a a run for for each in honor of, of each of our babies. Yeah, um, machine that guy. Isn't he? He, he is. Yeah, I, <laughs> I I do a little bit of running myself, and you know, but what he does is, yeah, he's a he's a proper runner. As I just go out and have a. A gentle canter up and down the seafront. He's uh, <laughs> he's you get the scenery though, so yeah. I do. I'd yeah, want to do that slowly and take it all in. Yeah, it's, it's not too. Yeah, it's just up and down the, the, the promenade. It makes it. It does make it sound quite grand, and it is the promenade <laughs> in Western Supermare. Um, I'm from somebody who's sort of from 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 a, a house estate in Bedminster in Bristol. I do sound quite posh when I say along the promenade in Western and. If guys that I went to school with and listened to it, I'll probably get dug out by them for talking like that. But uh, but yeah, there is, I say there's that that bond between the manager and the dude, certainly. And yeah, I mean Stephen's quite far down on my list of all the managers though, simply because I got invited to the uh, the game that you went to as well. Yeah, uh, the, the Suns Suns All Stars against Suns Cardiff. <laughs> And he's he's made a gif of him nutmegging me, which I'm not happy about. <laughs> and I I will rectify that situation the next time I can get him on a football pitch. Yeah, but he does at every single opportunity throw that in the group just to remind me and everybody else and it, that he managed to get it on camera, which is the worst part. You know, <laughs> doing it in a game is bad enough, but getting it on camera and immortalising <laughs> it as a gif is the ultimate insult. So it's, yeah, it's terrible. He's, He's bottom of the pile for me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that that was that was a really good day. That the, the game down in um in Cardiff, mm. I think it was a, a a really great occasion. So, but yeah, so Stephen with the, the gift of him uh, nutmegging you, I think he's he even manages to sort of post it or or get, or get it into a conversation in in the WhatsApp. Oh, he, he even forces if, it in. He yeah. uses a crowbar to get it. It does. Even if you're not part of the conversation, it'd be... Yeah. Like, oh, remember this? Anybody, has everybody seen this? Because he knows at that point I'll see it and then I'll join in with the conversation <laughs> because I can't <laughs> I ever can't let, let him just post it and, and, you know, me ignore it. It's unignorable, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'll get him back. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I've chalked him in my black book of revenge, <laughs> so... <laughs> he's, on, he's on the list. Yeah. He's on the list. Um... So yeah, so these results. I, I don't know. What, it's really bad, and I hate not remember. It was one of the teams around the country got their first point at the weekend. They did. I think it was it not the Donny lot. The Donny lot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Donny lot have had a tough season this season because they got they got um, they joined the league. Well, they weren't going to join the league, um, but then a, a team dropped out and a slot opened, so the league contacted them and said, "Look, there's space available. Do you want it?" But the the league haven't done them any favors. I think they've put them in. Too high, too fast, and it's been yeah. it's been tough for them. Um, again, as I say, first first season we had it. You know, guys that hadn't laced boots up for a very long time. Some of them were going out to buy them. You know, two three days before the game because yeah. they it wasn't something they had in their locker. <laughs> no. um, but yeah, but the but the guys, to be fair to them, and and you know, um, the way John talks about it, results aren't their thing. You know, mm. very much football is a secondary. Um, they're very much focused on why they're all there in the first place. So, 
the guys are still championing through, even though the results haven't been kind to them. Um, and that's a testament to their bond and, and their setup and the way that they're running that team. So, um, again, still great to see, even though from a footballing sense, you would say that, you know, not having a great season, but you're taking football away from that. They are having a phenomenal season because they've got all these guys together who, you know, are, are giving and gaining from a team that, you know, they're, they're not too fussed at the minute and, and results will come. You know, football is one of those games. It's, you know, it's a slow burner. Um, you know, the teams are designed to be a marathon, not a sprint and, and go on for a very long time. So, there's no one season wonders and it's it's one of those that they will learn and grow together and you know the results will start edging but yeah to get their first points quite a it's quite an achievement for them so I think they're all very happy on that I was when I sort of later on on Sunday and I was catching up on the on the messages in the group the other day and uh, sort of John had posted that they got their first point I was like for me, I was sort of sat here punching the hour, you know, it's because yeah. we, we know sort of they've had a, they're in a tough league and a tough season to to see them get that. And it's you're like, yeah, well done, lads. That's mm. brilliant, you know, it's, you're made up for them. And it's um, again, it's the bond sort of between the teams. So, um, upcoming event, actually, you said about, I just remember you said about guys sort of going and buying a football shoe, sort of shoes, sort of two or three yeah. games. Our John is our treasurer rocked up to um our first training session with a pair of um very old they look they look quality I'm not pissing them they look <laughs> a pair of like old school Adidas Predator trainers that he'd, he'd worn last year like 60 to 17 and had them in the cupboard somewhere <laughs> most of us put up with like nice yeah. shiny uh take me outs so, on um he rocks up with these nice red and white Adidas Predators so it's the footwear you see on yeah it's, it's quite important. We've had it. We had it. Uh, I think one of the guys we had last season, he was 18. Um, one of the lads we had, Finn, his name was, and he wasn't into football one bit. You know, could never played the game in his life, weren't interested in playing a game in his life. Um, and uh, he heard about the team. He came and watched a couple of training sessions and then uh, he messaged me and he was like, oh, I'm going to come training. I was like, oh, it's not, yeah. And he turned up and I was and he was wearing these boots and I was like, Where'd you get them from? He said, I found them in my nan's garage. Um and and yeah, and they were the boots that he wore every week. Um, you know, his dad used to come and watch and it was it was just kind of great to see him taking on something he weren't interested in, but you know, kind of fully throwing himself in. And to be fair to him, one game we had last season, he came on off the bench with, I don't know, twenty, twenty five minutes to go. He ended up, we put him on the left wing because he was the youngest and the fittest. Um, <laughs> he had, the, you know, the most legs out of all of us. And uh, in 20 minutes, he'd won two free kicks that I then ended up scoring and we ended up winning the game. And, you know, for a guy that said that he didn't want to play football, he absolutely, you know, it was like watching a young gigs. He was flying. Yeah. Um, just all legs. Looked like Roadrunner. Um, yeah. You know, just, just <laughs> well, he yeah. Starts off, and, yeah. But he absolutely loved it. And these boots that he was wearing, he found in his nan's shed or his nan's garage or wherever he got them from. So right. they, they, I, I can only assume they used to be his dad's way back when. Um, yeah. And he pulled them out and blew the cobwebs off them and stuck them on and, and went running. Yeah. And we did, we, as a woman, we do see on the, the, the gaffers WhatsApp group as well when somebody gets some new boots, they generally. <laughs> um, we, we are all a bit like women, though, aren't we? <laughs> we've, all, we've all developed this football boot fetish where yeah. when a new pair of boots come out, there's like 15 different pictures of, yeah. oh, these will look great with the away kit or these will look great with the home kit. Yeah, and then you get people say, oh, no, look, 
somebody's like really proud of the pumas they're getting, and then somebody come on, puma, <laughs> you get out of rubbish for. <laughs> I have yeah, we have pumas boot snobs. Are the brands available? Yeah, we've become boot snobs. But yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I've always been a night guy. Oh, I say that. I used to be an Adidas Predator man when I had my affinity for Beckham, um, and he used to play for United, and he yeah. he obviously donned the Preds, and I don't think yeah. any other player apart from Zidane maybe pulled him off as well as he did. I certainly didn't, but <laughs> I gave it a good go. I've still, I bought the 20th anniversary pair, and I've worn them twice, and I didn't wear them because I'm bright white, and I'm thinking Ooh. if I wear them in Sunday League, my legs are going to end up near my ears. Yeah, um, the, the, you know, the take me out. <laughs> Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, so <laughs> they've been retired to the to the wardrobe, which is a very expensive thing to leave yeah. in the wardrobe. Yeah. But I'll drag them out at some point when I'm feeling brave. Um, bring it, bring them, or bring them to the tournament. Yeah, I did say that they'd become my kind of uh, charity game slash you know random one off game, like that one we did in Cardiff. And, yeah, um, they'd be the boots that I wore for that. But I don't know. I'm still not. I still haven't convinced myself on that yet. <laughs> um. So, so upcoming events, the two the sort of three things I can I can think of at the minute upcoming events for Sands teams. Obviously, got you guys in Northampton, your FA, I would say your FA Cup final, your Cup final. It, it is, but that's what it is for it, us, yeah. Yeah, in um, uh, I think it's April, is it some, yeah, April 26th is, is the provisional date, but largely depending on whether cobblers make the playoffs, so. Yeah. That that date could change, but it's there at the minute. Yeah, um, and then the Donny team they've got a special fixture coming up at the end of. Yeah, they're playing at the keep, mate. Aren't they, they are, yeah. They've got a you know fair play to them for securing that. Yeah, I mean the the game that they're playing, I think it's for the um, five guys over that lost their lives in Afghanistan through um, an Afghan soldier turning his his gun on them. Um, please. I think they're all from Sheffield. Those guys, weren't they? Sheffield, Doncaster Way. Yeah. Those five. Those five lads. So, yeah. I mean, as a memorial game goes, there's, there's, pro, you know, as an occasion, that's going to be a, so special. It's going to be, you know, kind of a moment that all the guys can can play in with pride, massively. Oh. You know, they'll all, they'll all be playing for their children, and the other guys are obviously playing for for you know people that risk their life to keep what we take for granted or you know that's probably the best way I can describe it is you know yeah they go they go to do the nitty-gritty so that we can live the lives we live so yeah yeah I mean as an occasion and, and what better place to play it for a Doncaster team than at Donny Stadium, Donny Stadium yeah and it's, it's one of those things that the, 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 sort of go back to the support that the, the teams get from the other managers as well I think there's there's a fair few managers around the country are, are gonna sort of make every effort they can to, to get out to Donny for that game yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I think we've been very good at. When Kent had their launch game, I think a few of us went down, and obviously the Cardiff game that we played in, there was well, how many did you guys take in the end? I think we had about eight or nine. Um, yeah, we we came over with, across the bridge with. So, and you say our launch game, we had Cardiff, uh, sorry Wales, come over, yeah, um, and play. We we went and played the Stockport lads for their first yeah. launch game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we 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 always try and uh, Brighton recently invited me to a friendly of theirs that they were playing uh, Christmas, um, mm. and then invited me out on their Christmas do, which was a great again a, a great occasion to be a part of. And I think yeah, as again because of the connection we've got and the group that we're in, we always try and champion each other's teams, and and we obviously we always want the best for for each other's teams, and we support that as best we can, whether it's in person or 
a donation like you know with your you've got obviously the 2017k runs that you're doing yeah um which is mad I, to uh, say I, the least the, yeah the last one the 27 runs of 10k or more and the, the last one being the Bristol Half Marathon in September. And it's obviously for me the, the number twenty seven significant because uh Denise was twenty seven weeks pregnant when we, we lost Thomas and it's just works out quite nice that the half marathon is on the twenty seventh of oh of, wow of the month, just sort of okay. but I did look at the route um the other day and uh I looked online at the route and it felt nervous about it is what I said. <laughs> You've got some time. Get a couple of practices yeah, in. I mean, you, you, you're out running most of the time anyway, aren't you? I constantly see your, is it Strava that you Yeah, my show, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, a phenomenal achievement it, to, to, to even take on whether or not it, it ends up becoming achievable or not. I know one of the guys on my team took on nine massive challenges last oh, year. Course, and yeah. Yeah, and one um, of them, unfortunately, three peaks, he got uh, the weather beat him yeah. um, because it, it flooded one of the paths he needed to get up one of the mountains. But, you know, to to even put yourself forward for those kind of things, you know, I don't, long distance running is not my thing at all. I'd never, you know, kind of volunteer myself for that. So I can only dip my cap to you for taking on. And, I, and obviously you've you've met, let's say we've said before, you met me, we've met each other in person a couple of times. I don't yeah. have, when you think of long distance runners... Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have the physique that you'd normally associate with a, a traditional long distance runner um so but no but but again you know you still you still getting a getting a <laughs> kitted up and getting out in you know rain snow and shine yeah. uh some of the pictures i've seen of you running you know in a rain jacket and it's absolutely chucking it down it's hailstones yeah. but you know, fair play to you. You're still out there. You're still doing that. I'm firmly sat on my sofa, not doing a thing, um, <laughs> unless I'm at football training or out on a Sunday morning. So, yeah. you know, again, I can only kind of dip my cap in respect because you wouldn't find me out there <laughs> slogging a 10k or a 5k and chucking that rain. Ah, uh, it's, it's it's when you're doing it. It's like in the pouring rain. It's cold. Not I don't mind the cold. But the pouring rain, you're thinking, oh, this is atrocious. And then, <laughs> like you're trying to do it in the summer when it's like really hot and humid. You're thinking, I would love to have a winter's morning run in the pouring rain. So, yeah. um, but it was got it's, it was seeing guys like Ross with the challenge the ninth floor that he did, mm. um, and with Stephen um, down in Cardiff last yeah. year, the, the runs for Baby Ross, and for um, our our co-captain Adam, his wife Hillary, who's a, a Bristol Sands befriender and, and treasurer, running the London Marathon this year. Oh wow! And it, okay. Yeah, and it's it's kind of I've, I've taken inspiration in, in different ways. As inspiration is a posture, but I've nicked ideas of all three of them really to but that's, um to, but... to come up. With, but it's inspired me with the with what I'm doing this year. So and it's so it's just a a measure of the people that that we meet in in our journey with Sands that the inspiration you get from them really. Yeah, absolutely. That's what one of the things I said to Ross when he was doing his challenges last year and you know there was there was moments where he found it tough and there was moments where he he really enjoyed some of the challenges. But like I said to him, you know, at the end of the day, people looking at what you're doing now may be inspired to whether it's taking on a challenge or whether it's starting a football team or whatever it is, um, however you you know, find your way uh, through the journey that you're on. Um, by by putting ourselves out there and doing these things, we may well inspire somebody else to do something that that changes their life in, yeah. in effect. And I know that sounds quite dramatic, but 
you know, I've met, I've met guys, I've spoke to guys, I'm sure you're the same. And, and for a lot of the people that I've met, this football team has gone above and beyond. And it's, you know, a couple of the guys that I've had playing for my team have said to me, you know, without this team, this t- this team has saved their life. That's that's kind of the way they put it to me. And yeah, I at the time I thought it was ludicrous to 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 say such a thing. But you know, again, I don't know the power. I only know what I gain from it, and I, I like to hope I deliver for what the guys need. But you never know, do you? You never you know you know you don't know for sure. And for them to turn around and say this team's changed my life or saved my life. You know, it's it's a phenomenal thing to to be a part of. I think and, I, I think a lot of us is, as as managers in the the teams you've. I'm sure we've all had messages like that from, from guys in the team. Mm. It's you know we 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 sort of set the teams up in inspired by you and and what and what you started um, up in Northampton and and we know what we do we do it to reach out to the guys that wouldn't have normally looked for support in in any other way. I thought you know there's no support available for them, but and we do it because we want to and we do it because we enjoy it. But then every now and again, you get, you get those messages. One of the guys in the team might message and say, no, thanks for what you're doing. You know, I was in a, a bad place. Came along and you're like, wow, that is, you know, I'm going to double my efforts in, in what I'm doing. Cause... Yeah. And, that, and that's it. It does make you do that. It does make you kind of go, <laughs> right, I'm going to, I'm going to go harder. I'm going to go again yeah. um, and keep this, Keep this, whatever it is, whatever we've created, whatever the right word for it is, you know, this, I just want to keep this going, this feeling, this, this, you know, network. Um, But yeah, very much the same for us. We get, you know, obviously being in charge of the Facebook admin and and whatnot, you know, you see people send us messages um, all the time and you read some of them and you're like, wow, like, Mm. you know, we just think we're playing football and, and posting a few pictures and whatnot, but what people are gaining from that on the back end, you know, when they're reading through it and, and seeing the things that you're doing really does touch people. And, and then you kind of go this, this message here, this is the exact reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. And, and on the days when it gets hard and you think, Oh, do you know what I could do with just turning my phone off and not going or, you know, all that kind of stuff that as a volunteer, you, you know, when it, like you say, when it's freezing cold and it's chucking it down and it's training night and you go in, look out the window and go do I fancy it um <laughs> you know it's it's messages like that 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 kind of make you go no I definitely fancy it and I'm you know I'm more up for it because you know if people are willing to come out in this kind of weather then you, you're doing something right so yeah yeah definitely reconfirms what you're doing and I, I remember as I started sort of the journey with the Bristol team that a, a guy who worked with Andy Shutter who's the um the treasurer with a, a team from Bristol Thornbury Town Football Club. And I, at the time he was chairman, I said to him, I said, Andy, you've got any advice for anybody? Um, so I said, I'm thinking of starting at the team and I explained what it was all about. And I've, uh, what I've, I've known of you guys. Have you got any advice uh, for me starting up a team? And he said, uh, yeah, he said, uh, let somebody else do it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's very much, it's, it wasn't being mean and asking really, very much here, but I get all very well with him. And I uh, um, sort of just laughed and, and walked away and, and and did it and there was there was times I, I, I you might feel the same and other managers might feel the same that in the, the early days we and, and weeks when you're trying to reach out and get players to even to have enough people to put up put out a five aside team yeah you're thinking blimey they're wide you know I, I should listen to that advice but then the, you get the momentum going and, and things start happening you're like yeah this is this is why we're doing it and like you say you get the messages and that and it's it makes it all worthwhile it makes those those evenings that when you've got um 
your wife sort of sighing at you while you're um, <laughs> spending on it on your phone, or um, or as my wife says, maybe I should get a T-shirt that's got a picture of a phone on. You might pay attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds just like mine. But, <laughs> as I always say to people at, at support groups, I tell them, "I'm sorry, so my wife's redheaded and half Irish." So. Uh, <laughs> Take from that what you will. That sounds its own story, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so I suppose the, the, the massive thing we've got coming up with United this year is the tournament, the national tournament down in Brighton. Yeah, it's going to be that. I mean, that Ethan. is a... I know we floated the idea in the Gaffers group a few times and it was, you know, kind of tentative, lighthearted. This, you know, ideal world scenario, I think, is is the way we put it out there as... Maybe we should do this, but yeah, no credit to Andy. He's 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 probably read it too many times and just gone. Do you know what? I'm just going to do it. Um, yeah, because the more we talk about it, the less likely it is to happen. And he's kind of grabbed the baton and gone. Yeah, this is what's happening. This is the date. Um, make sure you're there. And yeah, so that's happening. What July the third to the fifth? Yeah. Um, down at Sussex Uni. Yeah, I think they're. 10, 15 teams, how many teams? Are... 15, 15 teams confirmed, yeah. So that's... Team confirmed, yeah. Yeah, average team of 10, because um, we're going to do it as seven aside, I think he's doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're talking average team of 10, that's 150 men um, that have all experienced child loss in one way or another, mm. in one place, in one venue, at one time. Um, and that in itself is phenomenal, uh, because two years ago, none of these 150 men knew each other. Yeah. Um, and to be able to bring them all together in one place, to be able to create a network of people that, you know, because again, for some guys it could be tough. You might not want to talk to the guys on your team, but you might want to talk to somebody. So if you can reach out to a guy on another team in a completely different town, in a completely different part of the country, yeah. Um, in the safe knowledge that that's never going to get back to your friend circle or your, your team, um, because it is very much a confidential kind of thing when, when people are doing that. But yeah, I mean, to give them a network and even just to meet and share stories. And, and again, a bit like me with the Mother's Day card, just gain different bits of advice from different people. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm very much, the minute Andy said it, you know, I, I didn't even ask him how much it cost. I just said I'd be there because, you know, for me, money's not the, the point of, why we're doing it, it is, you know, that experience to, to be a part of it and part of Sands United history, I suppose, you know, as, as the club evolves and, yeah. and the wider it spreads, you know, we've, uh, as Sunday's just gone, we've been the lucky ones that we were the first, or we've been the first team to reach a, a league cup final. Um, so that's our kind of stake in history and, mm. and and Andy's put his flag down for the first ever Sunday United tournament and I mean fair play to him. Like you say he's he's taking the ball by the orange with with all Oh yeah massive like, yeah. It's you know, you think that the time we, we spend sort of organising our teams and is organising his team and the tournament as well. So <laughs> yeah. Can only yeah. must have a very understanding wife. Yeah, to be, again, I've met I've met his lovely wife Leah, and you know, as a as a team, they're a, they're a team within themselves. You know, they're a phenomenal couple who you know very much uh, you know have a laugh and a joke. But I'm you know I'm I'm confident that when it comes down to business, they're very much uh, pushing in the same direction. Um, but yeah, yeah. She, she is very understanding, but at the same time, he knows his place. Yeah, as I think we all do. 
Yeah, exactly that. Are yeah, you... as much as when when all the boys get together, you go, "No, she don't tell me what." <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. When she's standing next to you, you say the same sentence, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. See, see how close your stands are when you say that. <laughs> if you will stay in the same post, guys. So, and he's, he's he's one of the um, as much as we all sort of talk on WhatsApp. And he's the guys. I one of the guys that I've met. Um, without making it sound too dodgy at a pub at Victoria Station. Um, but yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, a, a couple of months back, and you know, for myself, to speak speaking of fine, you know, warm to him immediately. And uh, so, was that the day you double dated me and him? It was, yes. I, yeah, I was, okay. yeah, I was, um, yeah. yes, I did. I met, met you first, and then, uh, then, uh, saw Andy after. So, I'm, I'm glad you clarified I was first and not second. That's fine. I, I think I, you're always, always gonna be my first one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so with the Brighton tournament, uh, we are, or Andy is, and uh, if anybody is listening to this and knows where you can help, uh, looking for sponsors for the tournament. Um, I yeah, I mean, the, the unfortunate nature of a tournament this size, when you're talking of what we're trying to achieve, is that nobody's going to give you that for free. Um, you know, Andy's managed to negotiate the youth of the university while they're not there, and, and the dorm rooms for the guys to stay over because we've got teams travelling from, you know, I think there's a a team made up of players from over in Northern Ireland that are getting on planes, trains and automobiles to get there. So, you know, it's yeah. it's not a free event, um, unfortunately. And, you know, for anybody that's been through any kind of struggle um, of any description, really, I think if there was a support network or a support event out there, and the difference was whether you could afford it or not. You know, for, realistically, that shouldn't be a that shouldn't be a question. It shouldn't be a question of I want to go but can't afford it. You know, let's just find a way of getting these guys to that venue and and letting them achieve something that they never had access to before. So, yeah, yeah it's it is a paid event. It's currently costing. Um, I think it's the dorm rooms themselves are about one hundred and sixty pounds for the two nights, bed and breakfast. Yeah. Um, and entry to the tournaments, what forty pounds? So, to about two hundred pound a player all in. But you know, bite-sized chunks. If you know, if there are any businesses that have heard about it or want to want to know more information about it, then you know, feel free to reach out to other Sunday United Brist- Bristol, Sunday United Northampton, any of the Sunday United yeah. teams. We can put you in touch I- with. They should go the people organising. Go on our, our social media. Whether you go on Facebook, Twitter, or um Instagram, Instagram yeah. I think, um, and search for Sands United and you'll find this. If you have a job of this, which you shouldn't on there, you could also go through Sands nationally, um, and they will they will put you in, in touch with with somebody who's organized or with, with one of the teams. So Yeah, I mean there's a lady called Liz that is the uh Sands United uh, relationships manager. So if you do contact Sands uh, head office, just ask for Liz. Um, and she'll be, she should be able to help you out with any inquiries that you've got regarding getting involved with a tournament. But yeah, it should be a massive event. With Andy's trying to get some uh, high-level uh, professional, semi-professional, ex-professional coaches and speakers involved as well to to give lads advice on how to deal with day-to-day issues that come up and coaching staff to to take a few of the lads through some training sessions so mm-hmm. as a weekend event it should be a great event and but yeah i mean we we we, we need help with uh yeah. costs and whatnot yeah but that's you know 
as I say, these kind of events aren't free, but the, the, the power that they could have for the people accessing them could be huge. So, definitely. yeah, definitely get involved if you can, or you know somebody that, that might want to get involved, pass the details on. Yeah, definitely. And I've got a, just very quickly, I've got a special guest just joined us. Um, although anybody listening to podcasts will think this is being really professionally done in a recording studio, <laughs> um, I'm sat in my front room and I expect Rob is as well. Um, my stuff. I'm sat in my van. Are oh, you sat in your van? Are you? Yeah, because uh, the wife was putting Iris to bed, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to uh, wake her up by being too noisy through the ceiling. So I came outside, sat in the van. So my feet have gone numb, but it's all for a good cause. It's all for. Uh, my <laughs> just uh, walked in the front room. Um, I think he's. What's the time now? It's. Uh, oh, it's, it's not. It's fine. It's it's half ten, and he should have gone to bed two hours ago. But I think he's oh, bad, bad's doing something else. So. Is this the uh, the newest member of Sands United Bristol the, as well? He was the member of Sands United Bristol. He, yeah. Inside, I, I brought him along. He came along to train our training session um, a fortnight ago. It was quite a. It was that frosty night that the the four G pitch we were playing on was frozen around the goal areas when we. T- oh wow! Uh, um, and he basically hasn't stopped moaning about how cold he got since then. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was a rugby fan. I thought they were supposed to be tough. I know different breed kind of guy. Yeah, he, he never seems to get cold sat in the stands at, at, at watching Bristol play. But you know, yeah. an hour of running around. So um, just just goes to show how much harder football is over rugby. Eh? Exactly. I can't, I'm not getting involved in that. I'm, I'm an egg chaser, so I, you know, I will get properly, uh, proper grief from people I know, and they start saying, "Yeah, football suffer." So um, I won't get into that just yet. So, um, right, Harrison, can you say good night to Rob, please? All right, good night. Good night, sir. All right, right, bedtime for you, mate. Yeah. I'll, how about when, when when you're done with this? I'll go to bed. All right. <laughs> Are you go to bed now? Um, Right, cool. So I just lost my round, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, so we're going to wrap it up a, a bit now. Um, Rob, uh, as ever, a massive pleasure talking to you. Uh, thank you, sir. Same. Thank you for coming a- on the first episode of the podcast. And just to finish the podcast off, we're going to finish off with Off the Post. Um, and we're going to ask each guest on the, on the podcast the same question to finish it. Um, through your journey with Sands and Sands United, have you got one piece of advice um, that stuck with you or something something that's been said to you at some point that stuck with you that might be of use to others? Um, I think respectfully, I listen to, you know, whenever anybody talks to me about their story and their journey, I, I try to take in as much information as I can, but um, I, I, I use a lot of it for my myself and I try to pass on as much as I can, but I think the one thing that I've noticed and that I try and encourage a lot of people to do from hearing all these different stories is uh, a thing that I, I terminise it as, as owning your feelings. And I think people listening will, will understand what I'm talking about. But to briefly explain that, it is that, you know, as much as we try and kid ourselves, and especially as men, mm. um, we all have feelings. It doesn't matter whether you can brave face them or you can, you know, switch off to them for a little while. We all have feelings, good feelings, bad feelings. Um, but it's not until you start to own your feelings that you can really start to, to, to use them and change them. So, you know, it's a case of don't lock them up. Don't, try and brush them under the carpet don't ignore them you know however you find the way whether it's getting out for a kickabout going to watch the rugby with friends you know whatever your release is you know just find a way of talking to somebody about yeah. them 
Um, and the best kind of visual visualization I can give to a lot of people um, is imagine a bathtub, you know, and your feelings are the water. If you put the plug in and you fill that bathtub up, at some point it's going to overflow, you know, as, as tough as we think we are. And as much as we try and put in that bathtub, um, there will become a time when it overflows. And once it overflows, it will ruin the house around it. And the house around it are your family and friends. And so every now and again, I think the best thing to do is just pull the plug. And that is by talking about it. That's your version of pulling the plug. It's don't let your emotional bath get too full. It's, you know, drain a bit out every now and again. Um, keep it from spilling over and, you know, just just start talking. You know, we're, we're long past that old adage of men don't cry and men are tough and men are this and men are that it's all Ask them uh, it's it's archaic it's caveman it's you know the world's moved on let's let's move with it let's stop trying to um use the lessons the bad lessons that we learned in the past to to improve our future because that's never going to work so we've got to try something different there's there's men all over the world or up and down the country that are being lost because they're told they can't talk about things and that it for me is it's, uh, it's unspeakable so yeah let's change that let's let's get back on top let's start getting mentally fit um and you know you exercise your body because you want to look good but it doesn't matter how good you look if you if your mind isn't with you then you know the body is just an empty vessel so let's get let's get our minds in, in check and and let's start sharing and educating each other on our own mental health and and find the best path to to be able to live our best life definitely i'd, I'd agree 100 percent with that rob so again thank you for your time this evening um it's a great talking to you um pleasure thanks for having me on as uh as guest one oh there was only gonna be what the what, <laughs> only one choice is our, our first guest on the podcast um uh, thank you for listening and, and staying with us this last uh, 100 minutes now we've ranted we were worried about making it last 25 30, or 30 <laughs> hour and a half now so thank you for staying with us um, when we work at how uh, to do it the podcast will be available on iTunes Spotify and as many places we can list it thanks absolutely yeah thanks for listening and uh, stick with it own your feelings